coming up in today's episode. Make sure you watch all the way until the end of this episode because I'm going to be sharing the best quotes from all of the speakers, not just from this year's 10X, but the one before it and the one two years before. Welcome to episode 83 of Enter the Mind podcast, the most real talk, no nonsense podcast on the empowering of the mind. In this week's episode, Kira and I will be talking about our experiences at the 10X Growth Con. That is Grant Cardone's annual event. It's a business conference, self-help conference. There's some very, very big names that attend every year. And that's what Kira and I spent this past weekend doing. Uh, I was watching remotely from California and Kira was there live in Florida. So Kira, why don't you kick us off? What was the experience like for you? I mean, wow. <laughs> I mean, wow. I don't know if you can feel it right now, but there are actually chills going up and down my body. I'm still buzzing. I can't recommend it to people enough. I literally, like I see people on the street and I'm like, yeah, you got to go next year. You're surrounded by people who think the same way as you, which means that you are no longer in resistance with yourself. You know, when you get with like the really big thinkers, you know, you feel at home and you, you say, oh, well, I am who I am. And these people help me be who I am with absolutely no restraint. And then you go back into the real world and it's, you know, it's, it's not the same. So when, when I say, you know, that 10 X is like a, like a 100% like recalibration and like a place to really find yourself and, and find your home and be okay with who you are. Like this is the place. Say more about the, uh, the difference between the average, well, let's call it mindset between the average mindset and the mindset of somebody at the 10X conference? Because I notice the same thing. Same thing happens to me. I mean, it's like, just, it's just the weight of the masses in their mindset. And it's hard to talk about it without sounding a little bit snooty and, and <laughs> arrogant. But I mean, I think most people can understand that you and I are not that type of people that were trying to put everybody down. Um, but at the same time, there is, there is a meaningful difference between the mindset of sort of the average or the, the, the mindset of, of most people compared to the mindset of, uh, well, certainly the billionaires that were on stage, but also the attendees, because the attendees are all striving to become the billionaires on stage. When the billionaires and these very successful people in themselves are talking on stage, you know, I feel like the average mindset will have something to say about them or maybe in their mind they're saying like, oh, well, I don't want to become that or, oh, that's too hard. The 10x mindset, you know, we see people up there and we're like, wow, that is amazing. You know, I've noticed something about this mindset difference and here's how I know when I'm dealing with a 10x mindset and an average mindset. And it's how they respond to good news. So if I tell them something like, oh, I just got a promotion at work, a successful business person will say something like, oh, that's awesome. And that's it. And they're ready to move on to the, like they celebrate it, right? They're not being disgenuine. They celebrate it. 
but they're ready to kind of take action on whatever next item they have. If you tell that to the average person, they're going to add a negative somehow. They're going to say, oh, well, I hope you get paid more so you can pay for these high gas prices we have. Or they're going to say, hope you don't get burned out. Like, and so the average mindset immediately neutralizes it with a negative. You see what I mean? Yeah. I like that word that you used, neutralize. I think that that's actually like a, a really good um, insight because I feel like maybe, maybe the average mindset will neutralize it because they're so stuck on like, the middle ground. Like maybe like they don't want to go any higher. It feels like there's an airplane trying to take off and then there's somebody with a rope just trying to pull it back down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who was your favorite speaker? And can you name one feeling why or like one specific thought why? That's a great question. Uh, I really liked Lloyd Blankfein, the uh, former CEO of Goldman <laughs> Sachs. And uh, why was he, did he seem like super boring to you? I didn't hear a word that man said. I was so brain dead at that point and he was talking a bunch of stuff. I can see that. I mean, the reason I liked his thing was to answer your question about the what feeling that produced in me, I would say calm. And uh, yeah. And the reason I felt calm, I think, was just from his clarity mm-hmm. and his ability to see both sides. Like when Grant asked him about crypto, right? He's like, well what's what's your take on Bitcoin, right? And we're talking, I mean, this is the CEO of Goldman Sachs here. This is like the largest investment bank in the world. And he's, and he's got so many decades of experience. He's an old, you know, older dude. And you're going to ask him about Bitcoin, right? Well, his answer was just so like calm, composed and like clear. And he said, you know, I looked at the, the way it's designed, the architecture uh, of the Bitcoin. And he's like, I was on some projects related to it or something. And he said, it's very elegant. The way it's laid out and the way it's built is very elegant. But in the end, it's going to have to do something that other currencies can't do. And he made some comment about like the privacy of it. He's like, that's not going to last. He said, in the end, you need to know who you're sending the money to. You can't be sending it to North Korea or Al-Qaeda. Like you need to know who's at the receiving end of any money that you transfer. And just his ability to see both sides was, I thought, brilliant versus yeah. some of the younger sort of crypto enthusiasts that are like, I'm going to get rich. This is the coolest thing in the world. Like, and they just lack the life experience of someone who's like, you know, very smart and old and wise. <laughs> I love that the first thing that you said that he was like calm, you got a calm vibe from him because I actually when I tell you I didn't hear a word that that man said, I'm not joking, I don't, but I stayed because I loved the way the feeling, like I loved the way I felt, like I couldn't get up from my seat. I was like, I don't know what this guy's saying, but like, I feel really, really good right now. So I'm just going to stay. Shall we move on to TD Jakes? Because. Let's talk about TD Jakes. Yeah. How did you feel when he was on stage? The thought in my mind was that he reminded me of Les Brown. <laughs> Are you familiar with Les Brown? No. Similar guy. Yeah. Similar guy. He's a motivational speaker. And I don't know if he's retired right now, but um, 
you know, he had this phrase, you know, there is greatness within you. How did you feel? I, um, D. D. Jakes? I felt heavenly. I felt, I felt like God was, was there in the room. And I think that he said something about like, you know, don't get in places where you feel superior. And, um, that's really, really true. And I hate when I attract people and I'm the smartest person in the room, because that says something about me that I don't believe in myself. I like to surround myself with smaller people so I can seem bigger. The people who have seemed the most powerful and, and maybe like we didn't have a congruence in energy are the people who I actually am extremely thankful to have met and have been the most helpful to me, if that makes sense. Well, that's the path towards growth, mm. being around other people that cause you to maybe stretch a little bit. You know, it does, for me, it does kind of fit exactly with my perspective of reality as being God, because what T.D. Jakes was doing was he was speaking to the potential in everybody. He was awakening everybody to their potential. It, I think it even really aligns with our uh, episode number seven, the devil is an energy, because what we are saying in that episode was that to hold yourself back and to doubt yourself is that is the devil because you're doubting what you can actually do. So the reality <laughs> is you can do it. So by doubting yourself, you're actually pushing yourself farther away from God, from reality. Mm -hmm. The more that you resist, you know, who you are and what you're made of is the more that you are feeding into the devil, you know, calling your name, trying to pull you back. But once you come into reality and you realize like who you are, this is what, you know, this is why I teach self-mastery, because if you don't know who you are, then you won't know what you're capable of in reality. And once you know what you're capable of in reality, like this is real life right here, like you are capable of this, that's when you can just shoot yourself forward because all of the, all of the evil energy, all of the illusion on who you are falls away. So good. Oh yeah, totally. Okay, so I wanted to talk about Brandon Dawson because he has made such an impact on my heart and my soul, and I'm not even really sure what it is, but I just, there's something about that man that I admire a lot. This year on stage, Brandon was talking about how he sold his business. I have these notes here from Brandon from two years ago at 10X, and it says here, I got fired and had nothing. Um, then he had a thousand a week at 20 years old. And he said, then I realized whatever happened to me, I know I can get through it. And he said, write down all the things you'd done right. And then write down all the things that you've done wrong. And then he said, collaborate over dictate. And I thought that that was like really big too. And um, he also said this one was really, really big. And he said, you can't influence anybody if you're not an example. And I thought that that was just really, really good. And everything that he says is, is really, really clear. And um, I think manly, he has like a manly energy to him. That's, that's very clear and manly. And I just, I love him. That's dope. And yeah, I do remember him sharing those stories. Uh, two years ago of his, uh, his come up. And it was very, very cool because you're right. He came from, I mean, 
he was not a wealthy business owner his whole life. He, he, yeah. self-made in that way, which those stories are the best. Did you have any other favorite speaker? You know, when the students go up on stage and they talk about their successes, there was this 17 year old named Shiloh that was mowing lawns for $60,000 a year, which, Hey, I mean, that's, that's, that's a living. That's, that's an average salary in the United States. You know, he now is doing a landscaping business that pulls in revenue of 6.5 million. And my mind exploded. I was like, this 17 year old was doing $60,000 a year in, in lawn mowing. And he turned that into a landscaping business that now is doing 6.5 million. And he's like 17. I'm like, get the F out of here. <laughs> you could tell their mindsets were just in the right fucking place. Like those two boys were extremely inspiring. I don't even know what else to say about it. They were extremely inspiring. And I think that they really show us like what is possible. So as you guys can tell, the 10X conference has been very impactful for both Kira and for me. And to that end, I would like to share some of the best quotes and notes that I have from not just this year's growth con, but previous ones. So starting with 2020, we had Magic Johnson talking about how he built over 125 Starbucks stores and then sold them back to the CEO of Starbucks, Howard Schultz. Um, and he said, when people are sleeping, I'm up working. Then we had Scooter Braun, who is the agent for Justin Bieber. And he told his story of watching Justin Bieber on YouTube before Justin Bieber was discovered. Scooter Braun spent the final amounts of his money paying for a townhouse for Justin Bieber and his mom to live in while they were recording these songs. That was the last of Scooter's money that he had in the bank. He ordered a pizza and he couldn't pay for the pizza when it was delivered. And it was just days after that, that Justin Bieber got discovered, was blown up. And, you know, Scooter said that that's when I realized success and failure live right next door to each other. Cause one day he was, he had zero money. And the next day he's the, he's the manager of Justin Bieber. Scooter Braun was one of my favorite fucking speakers, hands down. I, I'm so happy that you just mentioned his name. Cause it just brought back all of his feelings. Yeah. Then we had uh, Dana White before he owned the UFC was representing fighters. And he called the then owner of the UFC and said, Hey, you got to give my fighter more money to, to pay, to fight in this fight. Um, and the, the owner was like, you know what? I can't, I just can't do any higher than this amount. Like, uh, and he, and Dana White went to his friend and said, yo, the owner of the UFC sounds like he's in, not in good shape. I think we should buy the UFC from him. I think this is the right time. He bought the UFC for $2 million, sold it later for $4 billion. I'm talking $2 million to $4 billion. That's the level of wealth that these people generate. It's, it's insane. John Travolta said, every time you do something that you don't really agree with or don't want to do at some level, you chip away at your integrity. I, love that. I remember that.
Yeah, he had a very calm, very calm presence. Uh, Usher said, growing up, I sang every song that was on the radio and I tried to sing it better. Mm. That's hardcore. That's like, you're going to listen to the radio and try to sing it better than the guy that's singing it on the radio. Like that, that's, that's the mindset right there. How about Marie Forleo? You remember Marie? She says, nothing, Marie. nothing in life is that complicated. You can do anything. If you roll up your sleeves, everything is figure outable. And that of course is uh, her trademark, so to speak. Clarity comes from engagement, not thought. That's great. People think you sit around and think and you'll get clarity. But she says clarity comes from engagement. It's so true. I really like that you just said that. Totally, because that's paralysis by analysis. You start to overthink yes. it and you don't take any action. Yes, which is so annoying. Yeah. <laughs> Then we had John Nigerian, uh, stock guy, says, I get up at 5 a.m. and I go work out because that makes me think more clearly. Then we had Floyd Mayweather said, 20 years ago, I bought myself out of my contract for $750,000. Now, that's not a lot of money. I mean, it sounds like a lot, but he bought himself out of his contract. He then was able to receive 100% of all of his earnings rather than have some sort of uh, agent is, is how I understand it. So it was a huge business move. And then he also said, I push myself every day. It's never good enough. Kevin Hart said, go do something you love and do it at the highest level and make people call you. Mm. I, re I literally remember his entire voice. He said, do it and do it at the highest level. I don't know if I had it right, right there, but yeah, I think he's a great example he, he, of doing it 100%. Like I was even watching his stand-up comedy recently and I was like, damn, this dude's like, his delivery is perfect. Like his, his speech, his tonality, his pacing, his pausing, like from a comedic standpoint, like it's, it's like he practiced this a thousand times. He probably did. <laughs> yeah. Then 2021, Bethany Frankel from Real Housewives of New York City, who right now is huge, huge multimillionaire. She talked about being paid $7,000, just $7,000 for season one of Real Housewives before she got discovered, obviously, right? These amazing stories of just going from A to B. Kevin O'Leary from Shark Tank was talking about how he, he could tell when a contestant coming onto Shark Tank was uh, going to be successful because there was some sort of pushback vibe, he called it. Sort of like, I'm here to kick ass sort of vibe. Then Tommy Hilfiger came on. He said, I started my business, which was some sort of like clothing fashion business at 18 years old. I went bankrupt at age 23 because I didn't know the business side of things. I just knew clothing and fashion. So I studied business and the rest is history. He, he became Tommy Hilfiger. And it's like, whoa, it's like you could be so depressed and down the dumps if you go bankrupt at age 23. But he was like, oh, I didn't know how to do this thing. So I just studied how to do it. And now it's like simple mindedness in a way. Yeah. 
Then there was this real estate guy, I believe, called Don Peebles. He spoke about Magic Johnson. He said, Magic Johnson made more money in five years of real estate than he did his entire NBA career. Can you wow. believe that? Alex Rodriguez, one of the highest paid, if not the highest paid baseball player in history. Champions are champions because they execute the fundamentals better than everyone else. I used to get up in the morning and do 500 backhands because that was my weak point. Backhands, I, I don't think in tennis, I think he means like reaching, reaching to, get, to pick up the ball, but to the opposite side. Then Drew Brees, the quarterback uh, from the NFL, was talking about how he had so many comebacks in the fourth quarter in all of his games. And he said, every single one of those drives had been played out in my head 100 times before you saw it on television. And last but not least, uh, Grant Cardone, he said at that conference, I've been trying to buy that UBS building, which was a big office building for two years. I offered 114 million. They didn't respond. COVID hit. Now we're under contract for 92 million. So he offered 114. They were like, no, no, we don't want your offer. Well, COVID hit. Now he's got it under contract for 92 million instead of 114. The fact that like something doesn't go the way you want it to go at first means nothing. Mm -hmm. It's about who's staying in the game and who's practicing and who's refining their craft day in and day out, who's showing up, who's doing the work. It's almost more of like a love of process. I think that was another quote from Alex Rodriguez. It's like, you have to love, you have to fall in love with the process rather than chase the outcome. And that makes a lot of sense to me. I used to hate the fucking process. Oh my God. But now I'm really, really getting into just enjoying the process and enjoying life as it goes along because this is life. You don't get your outcome. And then you never have to go through a process again. Life is a process. And if you don't learn to love the process, then you're not going to love life. Yeah, so well said. To bring it a little bit full circle, I almost feel like that that's the calm. That thought is what produced in me the calm that I was feeling when Lloyd Blankfein was speaking. I just felt your calm. <laughs> that's dope here. We're, yeah, having, was... uh, we're having an exchange of energy through the, through the <laughs> ether. Did you find at least one gold nugget in today's episode? Then please like and subscribe and share it with a friend. And finally, if you're looking for a community of like-minded people, join our free Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash enter the mind.